Hey, what's up? It's your girl Chai, and you are tuned into the latest episode of Chai Chat. So, I've been seeing some of my stats, just like the frequency that my episodes are being played and things like that. And I don't know what happened, but it seems like I like it's increasing. And I don't promote this podcast at all. Like literally, I I think I have it on my Instagram, my the Instagram bio. But that's it. Like, I do not promote this podcast. So I find that very interesting and um, very exciting, too. So if you are a new listener, I want to let you know some things. I am a black American, 33-year-old woman who's also a single mother, and I serve in the United States Army. Um my perspectives are from my perspectives my opinions are from that perspective i grew up in the south as well as the north uh literally spent half my life like half and half split my time so i say all that to say you may be of another race you may be of another background whatever whatever I don't mean to offend anybody whether you black whether you white whether you pink purple orange gay straight pan whatever like queer whatever all of that I don't mean to offend anyone but this is a podcast from my perspective my experiences and my opinions and a lot of that is based on my background so I'm not trying to hear no you know race doesn't matter this stuff it does it, it, it definitely my bad my water fell it definitely plays a part in our our experiences that's just the facts of life so I just wanted to let that know let that be known to any new listeners that I do not intend to offend anybody that is not the intention of this podcast um I'm just here to you know shoot my shits and and give my little two cents that nobody asked for on a variety of topics so welcome to chai chat i hope you stay um and if you don't well thank you for stopping by but basically let's get into it i didn't really come into this with an agenda i just wanted to hop on here and talk because i just it's just been on my spirit just to, to just talk you know what i'm saying um it's been a lot going on it's been a lot going on First of all, I rate I last night I read the Rolling Stones article on Jonathan Majors. So if you've been living under a rock, Jonathan Majors is a black actor who has been like the one to watch for. He's been a rising star. He starred in Lovecraft Country. That's how I was introduced to him. I also watched The Harder They Fall. That was a pretty good movie. And to my surprise, he's been in like Marvel movies. I'm not a Marvel fan at all. I don't I don't follow that. Um, and I don't follow DC or whatever if you think that's what the, the case is. I, I just, those things don't, you know, tickle my fancy. So I don't keep up with it. But apparently he has a recurring role on that. And yeah, he's just been the one to look out for. It's so interesting because... When I really started seeing him getting traction, like, for real, for real, like, oh, hold on, he's definitely on the up and up. 
it was during the promotion for Creed 3 and um, he was starring alongside Michael B. Jordan and there was just so many articles on him like he was in the blogs every day you know there was just a lot going on with him his name was basically I was seeing his name almost every day and so for me I was like yo okay check you out because again I thought after Lovecraft Country it was over for him like I'm not even gonna lie like that was my show and when they canceled it I understood why but I didn't think that you know there would really be a place for him anywhere else no shade so when this whole scandal came out about him you know he was arrested because of accusations of domestic violence with his girlfriend and um then all these people just came out the woodwork on twitter it was just like they're not surprised that this finally happened because he is a very uh, manipulative violent abusive person and then those tweets kind of went away but of course somebody picked it up and that somebody was Rolling Stone and so they have been doing a, like a three month investigation uh, basically getting people to corroborate uh, the, the accusations that were put on Twitter and they came up with about 40 people who all requested anonymity did I say that right? anonymity no I didn't say that right they requested to be anonymous sorry guys multiple syllables sometimes um, they requested to be anon anonymous, which I side-eyed. They said that, oh, it's because they don't want any, like, retaliation, any repercussions from him or whatever, whatever. And I'm just like, all right, all right, whatever. But the thing about Rolling Stone is they have historically and contemporarily, they do not just put out anything, right? When they do these type of in-depth articles... They're making sure that they're crossing their T's and dotting their I's. So if there is any question about the validity of the article, even though they request it to be anonymous, they can always say, yo, like we actually have these sources. We have, you know, substantiating documents backing up that we interviewed this person. This person said this and, and that's what we went with. So the article's legit, <laughs> basically. It's just for me, I'm side-eyeing the the accounts from the people who are in being interviewed. Just a second. And the reason why I'm doing that, and I'm not making excuses, I promise, but majority of these type of accusations came from his time at Yale it started at his time in Yale or his senior year in high school but definitely the bulk of it at his time during his time at Yale um and you know it's no secret Yale's majority majority white people right he's definitely the minority minority as a black guy being there and so some of the words and phrases in that Rolling Stone article I'm sorry, it sounded racialized to me. It sounded like typical, you see a large black man and you, you know, he does certain things and it's, it's taken as, oh, he's violent. Oh, he's this, he, he's aggressive. He's confrontational. You know what I mean? And so that's why I'm side eyeing it because I would really like to see 
I mean, I already know who it was, but I would really like to see like who was actually saying these things and what exactly occurred. Now, it does seem like there was a common theme in that he could be very um, dramatic, <laughs> no pun intended, being as he's an actor, and he could be uh, short-tempered, and he does method acting, which from what I take from it is basically when an uh, actor stays in character majority of the time until the project's finished. Um, and, and, and that's what that is. So, you know, article's legit. I'm just questioning the sources themselves. Like, who these people are, what is their background, you know, what is their experiences with dealing with minorities particularly black people and the reason why is because you know we still live in a very racial country in a very racial world and we still many of us still operate with stereotypes right stereotypes of people that we aren't usually around uh, people who are different from ourselves that's all races here in this country we do that um, and this, the reigning stereotypes when it comes to black people, regardless of our sex, whether it's man, woman, if you're black, you are automatically stereotyped as being violent, being aggressive, being someone who has to be controlled, someone who has to be poised in other, in order to sort of pacify whoever is on the receiving end of whatever emotion that you happen to present. I have been a victim of this oh man I don't even know hundreds of times if not thousands and so that's why I had to kind of like okay you know kind of sit my tea put my eye to the side and just really like question things um yeah it's just interesting how this all came about um when he was literally about to emerge as a possible A-list actor and it's just really crazy and trust me I am not absolving this dude just because he's a black guy if anything I will hold him to the fire because I happen to believe that a lot of black men avoid accountability in our community you know we have a tendency to uh, pacify our black men and not hold them to task especially in comparison to their counterparts black women so I'm definitely one who's like, yo, if you did that shit, you deserve everything that's going to come your way, period. Because you a whole ass man, what you putting your hands on a woman for, right? I'm not with that. I'm not with nobody putting their hands on anybody in a relationship. Because when you're in a relationship, you do not belong to anyone. They're not your child, right? And I think... I think somehow a lot of people get it in their heads that when they are in a relationship, the person they're in a relationship with belongs to them, literally, like their their possession, and and their child, and their lover, and their mother, and their father. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so many roles getting blended and skewed in their minds, and then when you know these domestic violence situations occur within that relationship it's normalized and it's accepted 
you know, and it's rationalized. And, and, and I'm just not with that at all. I'm not with it at all. I think when it comes to relationships, especially for me, this is something I learned from, you know, being in a relationship with my son's father and just how I felt like I took on that role. And, and hold on, let me pause. I'm sorry if, if it seems like it's all over the place. You know, I'd like to connect things. But anyway, back to it. Let me close out Jonathan Mayer. Sorry, let me rewind. So it's not looking too good for Jonathan Majors. I think his career is over. Um, the only thing that will save him, which is the strategy I think he's going for now, is him dating a black woman so that he can continue to get black women's support, black women dollars, black women's advocacy, and black women's protection. And that's something that I want to talk about in a separate episode and the value of the black woman's umbrella when it comes to, you know, black men. And, and at the same time, they try to devalue what we bring to the table and it's like look many of these artists many of these actors many of these business owners entrepreneurs whatever whatever from your average joe to your a plus list actor a lot of their careers are was in existence in existence because of black women so we'll get into that in another in another episode but yeah um i don't know what to say i'm i'm waiting for the facts i think they're going to go to trial august 3rd wouldn't be surprised if that gets pushed back that's just how it goes sometimes but yeah let's put it out on the table let's really get to the facts let's get to the legalities and let's see what's what i don't think i mean i know i say i think his career is over but i don't think it would be like finito type or over it'll be like kind of like a death rattle like oh back to the d-list type independent sundance film movies type stuff you know what i'm saying before you kind of fade into the black no pun intended okay <laughs> let's circle back to the relationship part that i was talking about so when i was with my son's father i found myself first of all when i first got with him i was very like you know on my hot girl shit on my city girl shit on my miss independent type shit like i was really out here having fun drinking water you know partying having good times just good vibes childless <laughs> everything so when i got with him you know i had every intention of you know keeping that that up right but then when he moved in with me that's when things started to take a turn in that I found myself not necessarily being his girlfriend but it and, and his partner but it became more of a I need to take care of him I need to make sure that he has cooked meals I need to make sure that you know he has all his favorite things and stuff like that it wasn't for me looking back hell not even looking back at a certain point in that relationship I became resentful because I didn't feel like a girlfriend anymore I didn't feel like a lover anymore I felt like I was raising a grown-ass man at some point and so now that I am out of that years out of that and I'm looking back on you know where were where I was in that headspace I felt like because he was my man I had to prove to him and myself 
why I was deserving of this man, quote unquote. Because he was very physically attractive. He was a very physically attractive guy. And I guess I felt like I was lucky to have him. I, I had, you know, some self-esteem issues. Even though I was unaware of it or in denial of it at the time. Looking back, I know that that was also the root cause of our issues because I was insecure and I felt like I had to be the perfect girlfriend and, and that turned into a role that I didn't want and in that I felt like I was taking care of him and I was paying for everything at some point versus when we first got together he was the one paying for everything right and then it turned into me paying for everything me making sure the home was you know kept up and the food was cooked the groceries was in the refrigerator and you know just all of these things that I did for him and so my mistake in that was that I did not keep the roles the way that they should have been um and I'm not making excuses for him. That nigga was the at fault for sure. But my role in it is that I did not remain the girlfriend. And I didn't I wasn't secure enough in myself to not accept certain things and to not say yes to everything, not be so agreeable to everything, just for the sake of a fuck ass relationship, right? And so moving forward. I moving forward to present day today next month in August will be a whole year since I've been in a relationship not with my son's father but with a, a guy that came after him um, that was my last boyfriend but it will be a whole year since I've been in a relationship a whole year of abstaining from sex a whole year of just no physical or emotional contact with any man and it's been a doozy let's get into it so <laughs> part two um it has been a year almost a year it's been literally 11 months since i've had sex since i've been in a relationship since i've even so much as touched a man um entertained a man in any capacity no i have been doing this solo dolo for almost a year and this is pretty major for me because ever since I was 18 I've always had a boyfriend I think I, I spoke on this before like I was always in a relationship and I wasn't just hopping from man to man my relationships would be two years minimum of us being together um and, and that's just the way it was since I was 18 and I'll be 34 in December of this year so for me this was Oh my gosh, this has been revealing to me. <laughs> this has been eye-opening to me. And it made me see relationships in a whole entirely different way. And just me reflecting back on my past relationships and just all the missteps that I took. First of all, I came to a very painful conclusion that I didn't feel valuable or worth something unless I was under the male gaze, the male sexual gaze. Um, if I had a man or a fuck buddy, something like that. Like there always had to be a man attached to how I felt 
I was worthy. And that was something that was really painful for me to conclude about myself. Um, I remember always saying, you know, I spent my 20s making sure that I was level-headed and making sure I had self-esteem and stuff like that. But I realized I was using other things besides authentic self-esteem to supplement or to, I don't know, I don't know how to word it. Basically, to make it seem like, oh, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got my shit together. And I was using my college degree, my internships. Just a second. Using my internships, using my body and how fit I was. Um, just all of these things, these other things to to represent my self-worth, right? And it all came to a head after I had my baby. And then it's like I could no longer use my body because I didn't feel like I was overweight for one and out of shape. Just a second. Sorry, guys. So you have been a proper no days of strawberry at home. I don't feel well, so I had to get like a smoothie because I didn't really. Only ate was like chicken wings. So yeah, you girls feeling? Oh, I've been feeling like this for two days, and I know it's because I'm dehydrated. But yeah, so I had to get this. Anyway, um, so I was using all of these things, and then when I had my baby, oh man, it all just kind of fell apart. First of all, I was left by my son's father. Um, at my most vulnerable, by the way. And then, you know, my body fell apart in my mind. Although it didn't. I was just a mother, right? A mother who gave birth. So my body reflected that. And there was nothing wrong with that. But at the time, I didn't see it that way. Um, my mental health was like, it was kaput. I had no self-esteem. And so, and then I rushed into another relationship a year after I had my baby. So, you know, it was just, I felt like I was starting at ground zero, like I was knocked down from the top and starting at ground zero, when in actuality, I've always been at ground zero, right? <laughs> I just, I did the work, I put the effort into the side stuff and not to the main focus, the focus of, of really loving myself and really accepting me for who I am and understanding and knowing that I am enough. Just me. Just China. You know what I mean? I don't need the extra shit. I don't need the uh, the degrees, the, the six pack, the army career, the, you know, the past corporate civilian career and all of these things. I didn't need those things to be enough. I've already was. And I just needed to believe that. And I needed to accept that. And I needed to live in that. And sit in it. And so. I'm still working on that. 
right? I'm still, oh my God, still working through it. And it's, it's rough, it's hard. But basically, I've just been in a relationship with myself for the past year. And man, I am a piece of work. <laughs> Good, bad, and ugly. I am a piece of work. But I I feel I feel like I'm in a I'm in great shape. I feel like that. I'm still, you know, on my weight loss journey. I have not lost all my baby weight. And weight is something that I've always been sensitive about since I was 15. Um, ironically, when I was 15, I thought I was too skinny. So I purposely gained weight. And now I think I'm too big. So I'm trying to lose it, you know. So I've always had this weirdness about weight. And um, yeah, I just, it's just been mind opening. So I've been in therapy. Uh, I've been in therapy for the past two years, but this past year I've definitely been in like some intense therapy where we're actually working through trauma. We're doing trauma work. And, you know, just sitting and talking to a therapist, yeah, sure, that's great. That's beneficial. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, but there are, you know, certain types of therapy for people with certain type of needs. And me, my needs was trauma. And I knew I had a lot of trauma that I have been living in for decades and I wanted to do some work with that and she said let's go and so we did it we're still doing it and man it's making me see things in a completely different way and it's not just the one session everything's fixed <coughs> but it is something that's um it just helps it helps because sometimes you're living in, in trauma and trauma lives in your body and it will keep you from doing things that are good for you right and it's surprising how it shows up so for instance when I was younger I was violated I wasn't raped I wasn't molested. I was none of those things, but I was still violated in an entirely different way. But because I've been told, you know, it wasn't rape, wasn't it wasn't molestation. So you know, kind of get over it, and that's how my family treated me at that time. But the people close to me, um, that's what I did, and it showed up in other ways, right? It would show up in my sex life that I was in fact violated and traumatized but I didn't name it I didn't connect it to that incident that occurred when I was a kid and it wasn't just one incident it was something that occurred for about a year and I saw like Basically, I saw some of that in my sex life, and I was always uncomfortable with it. I hated it. And I would tell the guys, like, yo, I hate that shit. Like, don't do that. Fuck, I made a wrong turn. Fuck me. 
but I realized it affected me more than I had admitted and I had buried it the same way the ones close to me buried it right and and so when we did this trauma work which we still haven't done that part of it oh man but listen I'm not looking forward to that at all but I know it has to be done but it is hard um but basically when I was working on other traumas like you know bullying that I went through in school and stuff it resurfaced some of the things other types of trauma I had sustained over the years and it made me more comfortable to to name it and to say this happened to me and it hurt me and I carried it I'm still carrying it but I want to name it right and so that's what I did you know and that's what I've been doing and that's a major step because for those who've been through trauma especially the type of trauma where it was never dealt with it was never addressed it was there's a lot of shame attached to it a lot of taboo attached to it when you go through that it um over the years you suppress it because someone told you it didn't matter it wasn't that big a deal and then you treat it as such and then you realize that it's been surfacing in your life in multiple ways but you don't name it right you just you just kind of shrug it off and and just kind of move on until you don't want to anymore until you start doing work trauma work and then now you're like naming and you're understanding that no you were violated and it should have never happened and it should have been dealt with and you should have been protected and you should have been advocated for and none of those things happen and and you need to to forgive yourself for punishing yourself for things that were out of your control right it's just all of these things so yeah that is you know that's just an example of certain things and it's not easy but it's worth it so sometimes me and my son's father we go through a long long time without talking without speaking to each other and then there are times when he just wants to fucking talk and I'm no longer like angry well I'm still angry let me let me make that clear but my anger isn't volatile anymore it's more of a a controlled fire a controlled burn um it's something that I know will be dealt with eventually one day but I'm not I'm no longer bitter about it I'm no longer just out of control with it as far as like just lashing out cursing them out you know things like that so he'll talk and I'll listen and I'll, you know, do a little small talk and engage or whatever. So I remember him telling me like, oh, I started going to therapy and I'm like, wow, okay, good for you. I was genuinely excited because I'm like, let's get the shit on the table. Let's talk about your abandonment issues, your, your issues with women, um, 
Let's talk about your insecurities, your eating disorder. Let's get that on the table. So I was really excited. And he was like, I feel like it's a waste of time. And I'm like, well, are you, it shouldn't be because you're the one driving this process. That's how therapy typically works. Like they'll give you like little prompts. They'll, you know, kind of control the parameters, but ultimately they can only address what you're comfortable with addressing, right? And, but it's a relationship and you need to work towards that trust and, and work towards feeling comfortable about being a little bit uncomfortable in the presence of someone else. And so I'm explaining these things to him and he's like, well, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want her to judge me. I'm like, this is literally their, their profession. They're not there to judge you. They've heard it all. You're not, you're nothing special. You're nothing new as far as like your fucking issues. Right. And so he was just like, he only went there to check the box, mind you. That's basically how he was talking about it. That's basically how he was treating it. And that fucking pissed me off because before he was like, well, I'm trying to, you know, I want to get back with you. I'm in therapy and stuff like that. But what's the fucking point of being in therapy if you're not actually working it, right? (coughs) Because I know him and I know that when he um when he talks about stuff and it's something that's uncomfortable something that's going to make him look a certain way he will tell the half of it to i guess soften the blow and so i know that's how he's treating therapy and it's like that's bullshit you're not you're wasting that therapist's time and you're wasting your time if that's really how you're going to go about it to get back with him so I could give my son a two-parent home and a family I knew that it would be disastrous because he was not his son's father was not my son's father was not coming into it honestly and fully ready to heal and to change because okay you're in therapy so what anybody could go to therapy and sit there and you know do small talk and then like oh now it's done set your next appointment and then get the fuck out like anybody could do that right but are you really willing to change and he wasn't so I was like fuck that like no because I'm in therapy and I'm learning that you're the worst type of guy that I can encounter and I need to stay away from you because you're literally a walking red flag how about you work on not being a red flag so anyway I say all that to say, you know, on social media, especially the last two years, it was all, you know, it was all the rage Well, the last three years. Go to therapy, read your vibrations, affirmations, manifesting, you know, all this stupid shit, all these buzzwords. And no, those are legit practices, by the way. But I'm saying the way that they were saying it was stupid. What's the point of saying these things and doing these things and appearing like you're doing these things if you're not actually doing these things? You're just literally looking like a fool and wasting your time. It's so cool to say you're in therapy if you're not fucking really in therapy, right? If you're just fucking sitting there. So do the work, okay? 
Think I want to fucking sit there and talk about certain shit with my therapist? No, that shit is, it rubs me raw because I realized that, yo, I'm fucking, I'm fucked. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm letting this person know how vulnerable and insecure I am. I'm not with that at all. <clears throat> but it has to be done because I know I need help. So... Like, take it seriously for fuck's sake. Anyway, what else has been on my mind? What else has been on my mind, baby? Oh, yeah. So, I've been on TikTok, been on it a lot. And I came across some TikToks that are like, oh, you know, you're entering to your grown woman era when you know no longer feel comfortable wearing certain things and you're kind of wearing things that you never thought that you would wear you know just stuff like that and I'm like OMG that is me like they were talking about like kind of like kitten heels type shit and you know that showing a little bit but not everything and I'm like oh my god this is so true I used to be the bodycon queen six inch heels open toe all the time ass everywhere titties everywhere like that was me bro and then i find myself like no i don't want to wear that like it's crazy i literally be like that i'm like no yeah we're not gonna wear that like let's wear something that's a wrap i don't need to show my d cups i can show a little cleavage but if I'm going to show some cleavage, it needs to not be like a super tight outfit and, and whatever. It just needs to, you know, give a little peek of some curves, but nothing crazy. You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh my God, I'm literally in my auntie era. <laughs> and I find that so funny. I really do. And I'm, I'm loving it here. I'm more comfortable. My feet don't hurt. I ain't got no corns anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like. Oh wow, I literally found my hairstylist just guessing. Like I, I usually put her address in my GPS so I don't get lost, but I was like, fuck it, I don't feel like putting my GPS on. Let's just see how well my memory is. And it turns out my memory is great. So awesome. But anyway, yeah, so I am loving it here. I'm more comfortable and I feel more confident and more sexy, actually. And so, yeah, like, let's let's really get into it. So, for the girlies who are, you know, young, nothing wrong with that. Be young, be you, be lit. But I'm just saying, on the other side of 30, baby, it's still lit. It's still great. It's just more comfortable. <laughs> you ain't got to worry about certain shit that you worry about when you're younger. Um, I think that's it, guys. I, I feel like we're approaching an hour of me being on here and you guys listening to me kind of ramble and then listening to nothing as I sip my smoothie or I'm thinking, but I, I just hope that some of what I said or all of what I said don't reach just the ears that it needs to reach and that you're, you're taking some gems from it. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm not a therapist. <laughs> I'm not trying to be. I'm just somebody who's, you know, going through some things. And I feel like you don't have to go through everything, right? Like some things are preventable. And you should do your absolute best to prevent certain hard 
experiences okay you owe no one nothing and um yeah that's it guys thank you so so much for tuning in guys i am so happy that somebody in this universe is listening take care and until we chat again peace